to government to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before, and it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. to the Hip Hop Patriot. Jeremy Harrell. Probably one of the largest letdowns in political history. Just have fun. Keep fighting, God wins. We love At that hotel right there, I got an Uber trip to pick some a group of people up, unbeknownst to me, yeah, that budget tail, to go to San Diego Airport. And as I got to the first port event, well, first checkpoint, they uh, asked me, like they always do, state your citizenship. I said, I'm American, but I don't know about these guys. Now you gotta figure it's about two hour drive to that point. And I figured they weren't, they didn't speak Spanish. I live in Yuma, so I figured that much. Got to the gist of it, they're from Brazil. So, <laughs> as we get to this first first checkpoint, he asked my citizenship. I told him, I said, I don't know about these guys. He says, roll down the window. He says, tienes papeles? The guy just looks at him, deer in headlights. Not a movement, nothing. <laughs> so he told me, go to the secondary. So I go to the secondary, he has me roll down that window. Same thing, Tienes Papeles, deer headlight, nothing. So they tell me get out of my car and go sit on the bench. And uh, just a shirt on, no jacket, freezing my ass. And they decided to, to tell me eventually that uh, it's not looking good. I said, I don't know what you're talking about, not looking good. I didn't do anything wrong. Matter of fact, it's not my job to find out if they're here legally or not. My job I, is to start the trip and end the trip, and that's it. I was, I, yeah, I was wondering that. So, yeah, how would you know? So there's tens of thousands. Actually, there's two million that just came across. We know that they let a, about a million into the United States. 
how would you know that as an Uber driver? So uh, that's very difficult. Are, now, did they say that they expected you to, or what did they tell you? As far as the Border Patrol? Yeah. They couldn't, they just interrogated me. Put me in a jail cell for three hours. And then they interrogated me and told me if I ever do this again, they're gonna take my car, shit like that. So, so what has, what's happened since? So you're still driving, so have you had other? Lots. And what do you do? More, more than you can fathom. What do you? Most of them are all just here. They're right here. And so they want they want transport around the town. Yeah, they want to get transported to drop off at the the, the deal or out to Phoenix or San Diego or you know everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. Some some want to go as far as Boston and Florida. They order an Uber. No, no, they they want to try talking you into that. But. And so what do you do now? Well, I don't, I don't freaking take him anywhere. Do you ask? So I'll with, take but, him to the, the Greyhound station or the Border Patrol. Dude, but that's the thing. Like, how would you know? I mean, it's not illegal for me to pick people up right. and move them around town. Okay. It's not my job to figure out they're here legally or not. Okay. So basically, you, as long as it's an in-town transit, you're you're not concerned about it. I know I'm very concerned if it's going to San Diego. Yeah. Any or having to go through any uh, checkpoints. Yes. What are we supposed to do? On an Uber side, this is what this is the deal with Uber. If we start canceling trips, we're gonna put it's like a totem pole. Once our rating gets our acceptance rating or cancellation rating goes real high, acceptance goes real low, we don't get no more rights. So we're we're bound. So we pick them up and they want to go to Phoenix and say, "Hey, I'll take you to the airport. How about that?" You know. Wow. Instead of canceling the trip over and over and over, if we if we all did that, there would be no there would be no freaking Uber drivers available. Wow. Yeah, it's just one more of the things that you don't think about the ca the you know the causes or the impacts of illegal immigration. That's right. One more thing that you don't think about the causes and the impacts of illegal immigration. Now, that was an Uber driver that Ben Berkwam, good friend of mine and a correspondent for RAV, he, uh, he, he was riding with him yesterday. And that guy was telling him about how he can't, he doesn't even know who he's picking up. And he was put in a jail cell for three hours and he was threatened by Border Patrol, threatened that he'd lose his car, lose his license and lose everything if he ever did it again. And he said, how am I supposed to know? How am I ever supposed to know? And again, I think one of the most one of the most important statements that was made in that conversation was when Ben said, I think this is something that a lot of people don't know. Just another impact, another uh, another bad impact that, that illegal immigration has is it's ruining people's lives. It's ruining people's jobs. There's more fent there's there's enough fentanyl in this country to kill every American. Uh, in this country, man, woman, and child, six times over, and that is all as a result of illegal immigration. Now, when we impeach the illegal resident, Corn Pop, Mr. Harry Legs himself, and we will impeach him, we will impeach him come January 2023, regardless of if he's there or Kamala's there, it's the administration that we will impeach. And that is the number one reason. By the way, there's about eight other, and I'm not exaggerating. There's about eight real reasons that we can impeach him. But the number one reason is that he, derelict of duty, he has literally allowed and, and, and not only allowed, but aided two million illegal aliens to come across that border. And the harm that it does 
on this country is irreversible. Let me say that again, irreversible. Thanks to people like Ben Berkwam out there shedding light on this stuff and exposing this stuff, we can actually get to the bottom of it and make sure we do something about it so that we can stop that bleeding. Unfortunately, it's going to happen for a few more months, but at least we know what we have to do. Folks, you're locked and loaded right here on this Tuesday morning, March 22nd, year of our Lord, 2022, here on Live from America, and I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot, coming to you from the Live Free or Die Granite State of New Hampshire, where spring is in full effect. I hope you guys are experiencing snow melting and warmer weather where you are as well. It's an honor to be here with you every day. I'll ask you to please, 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 Share like your share until your fingers bleed. Not maybe not that graphic, but please share, share, share. I also think I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know that the uh, our producer has been sharing this show and shorts from this show to his live from America producer page on Facebook. And maybe maybe you'll start being able to see the show live streamed on his page. I'm not sure if we're going to go that route or not, uh, but we are thinking about it. So make sure you like and follow. LFA producer on Facebook as it's tied right to everything that we're doing here through our producer. So God bless him. Thank you very much. I'd also like to announce that Marjorie Taylor Greene will be joining us here on Live from America for the second time on Monday during the 5 p.m. show. So we've got a lot to talk about with Miss Marjorie Taylor Greene, including uh, how she was a lone, um, a lone wolf when Zelensky came last week and addressed Congress. We're going to talk a lot with her about that and many other things, so make sure you guys share and check that out. Also, I got a, I got a prayer request here <clears throat> from Michael, who's a big fan of Live from America. Says, I've been watching you since YouTube Backyard Rants. I watch your show and you've helped me, help myself and my wife stay true and even help me grow closer to God. My wife and daughter have been sick since we moved to Kentucky in 2020. Turns out the house we bought, only nine years old, is the root cause. The way the builder built the house caused mold to grow in the rafters and spread to the, uh, the HVAC unit. We have been breathing in toxins for over a year, and now my wife has been diagnosed with Sears. We have to sell everything we have from clothes to furniture and, somewhere, and move somewhere else. The insurance company does not cover the problem since we are the third owner. We will be all right. We have the full armor of God on our side. I'm just asking for prayers for the health and recovery as the doctor helps them get healthy. I cannot do much for them except pray, work hard, and move into a safer place. Thank you, and God bless. Straight from the great, beautiful state of Kentucky, God bless you, sir. We are praying for you. If you need anything else, Outside of prayer, please let us know, and we'll do our, our best to help you out. Uh, again, this sets, you know, your optimism in that, your optimism wearing the full armor of God, and then your selflessness, worrying about your family before yourself, that is what toxic masculinity is all about. Notice I put it in quotes for all those who don't know what that means and thinking that I'm calling it toxic masculinity, which I'm doing just the opposite. That's what being a man is all about helping your family and keeping your family safe. God bless you, sir, and we will keep you in our prayers. All right, folks, we're going to move to the verse of the day. Now, you'll notice the verse of the day if you were a recipient of the newsletter. is a little bit different this morning 
than it usually is. And I want to start doing this once or twice a week where I actually give you a little homework because I think if you go look it up yourself, we'll have a lot better of an understanding of this verse when we get to this part of the show. And I titled it, Beggar or Believer. Beggar or Believer. And the verse of the day comes to us from Mark 10, 46 and 47. <clears throat> it says, Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, like I said this morning, I really wanted people to go read this verse, and I actually advised you to read all the way to verse 52. <clears throat> okay? Now, I want to go, and I want to read something for you that prompted me to give you this verse this morning because I think this is incredible, and I couldn't have said it better, which is why I wanted to read from the author himself. <clears throat> Beggar or believer. Prior to this time, Bartimaeus had no option but to be a beggar. There was no cure for his blindness, but some people had told him about the man named Jesus, and he had healed blindness before. Now that man, that precise man, was passing right by Bartimaeus, and he cried to him, calling him son of David. That showed he recognized Jesus as the Messiah. This was his day. God in the flesh was passing by. Nothing else mattered. Bartimaeus could have made a difficult choice. With all the people going by, he could, have he could have made more money begging that day than he would have made in months. This was the break of a lifetime. Beggars think that way. But Bartimaeus turned from being a beggar to a believer that day. He wasn't thinking about an opportunity to succeed in his beggarly existence. He was thinking of a brand new life, a life free of begging, an independent life where he could see to make his own way and help others. What choices are you making? Are you so occupied with continuing the status quo that you are missing that opportunity? Jesus is giving you to change your life. Are you so busy making a living that you don't take time to study or pray? Are you unable to go to church because of the demands of your business? That would be like Bartimaeus not calling out for his healing because of his great opportunity to beg. Don't let the demands of everyday life cause you to miss Jesus as he passes by you today. Throw off all your beggarly clothes and act like a believer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pretty powerful stuff right there, folks. And I think in light of that, we will remove our hats and we will go to the Lord in prayer and we will go from being beggars to believers. We will go from making an excuse not to study God's word and the laws of God and the ways of Jesus to scheduling it in and making time for it because it's more important than anything else that you could ever do on this earth. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Yes, yes, we do not pr- we do not forget to pray for Becky. I pray for Becky literally every single day as I pray for all of you every single day. And I know cancer is a terrible, terrible thing, and it's eating away at a lot of our lives. But we just pray for the full armor of God around those people, and that's the best that we can do other than offer them any kind of emotional uh, conversation or compassion. Here we go, folks. We are going to get to the first and foremost section of the day. Please put your cups up. Let's have our first sip of the day. Again, I thank you for all the rumble rants. All of those, uh, all of those real-time donations help more than you know. And from Jason Miller himself from Getter, you'll be able to do Getter pay pretty soon, which is the equivalent of rumble rants. And that help goes a long way. Here we go, first and foremost. We're going to start off with some good news today because I think we need to with everything that's been going on. Trump was right again. And Trump wins again. Is there a better way to start out the show than that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe we need to start wearing, making shirts that say Trump 10 and 0. Trump wins again. Trump was right again. Ask me how. Maybe that will start conversation. If people just see a shirt that says Trump was right again, Trump wins, ask me how, maybe that will start conversations and maybe it'll start conversations that you don't want. Either way, it'll start idle conversation. <clears throat> I mean, it'll, st- it'll stop with the idle conversation. It'll move it forward to something more productive. Thank you, race mom. God bless you and I appreciate that. All right. Trump announced a legal victory and a legal win over Miss Stormy Daniels, and that might be giving her too much respect by calling her Miss. The former stripper and liar is now ordered by a judge to pay President Donald J. Trump $300,000. Come on down. You're the next contestant on Trump Was Right Again. You owe Trump some restitution in the way of $300,000. Might have to go back to work, Stormy. The Ninth Circuit Court issued a final ruling in the case brought against President Trump by disgraced attorney Michael Avenetti, who's in prison, and Stormy Daniels. Daniels now owes President Trump $300,000 in legal fees. Well, isn't that a good way to start off the show? I think it is. I think it is. Former President Donald J. Trump, or let's call him current President Donald J. Trump, (laughs) Uh, yesterday announced the court ruled in his favor. Trump announced a big win on Twitter through his spokesman, Liz Harrington. Obviously, President Trump isn't posting on Twitter, but Liz Harrington did. The Ninth issued uh, a final ruling in the Stephanie Clifford, a.k.a. Stormy Daniels. That's her name, Stephanie, by the way. Frivolous lawsuit against me brought by her disgraced lawyer, the tweet said, Michael Avenatti, upholding the lower court that she owes me nearly 300 grand in attorney fees. I bet that won't be plastered all over CNN. I bet you Michael Avenetti and Stormy Daniels' story won't be plastered all over CNN, but you know what is back on CNN through some uh, primetime shows? 
the COVID ticker again. Just so you know, I thought that would be a, a right time to bring that up. Um, 300000 in attorney fees and sanctions, not, not including appeal costs. That's coming later. Daniel filed several lawsuits against the uh, former president. I don't like saying that, so we won't read the article. We'll just say the president and his attorney, Michael Cohen, in 2018. She claimed, by the way, in one lawsuit that Trump defamed her in a tweet. As I've stated many times throughout the years, I never had an affair with Stormy Daniels, nor would I ever want to, said President Trump. The ruling was a total and complete victory and a vindication for me, he said. The lawsuit was a purely political stunt. That never should have been started or allowed to happen in the first place. And I'm very pleased that my lawyers were able to bring it to a successful conclusion after the court fully rejected her appeal. He said, now all I have to do is wait for all of the money she owes me. Now all I have to do is wait for all the money that she owes me. She should have never taken me to court. I am the king of going to court, okay? I never lose. I never lose a court case. And if I do lose, then it was the deck was stacked against me, okay? And we're going to win like the world has never seen before. Thank you for the $300,000, Stormy. Maybe I'll give it. Maybe I'll give it to my campaign. I don't know. To be the president again. <laughs> Woo! I love it. I love it. Jeremy, did you see Lindell on Bannon? No, I did not see Lindell on Bannon. I actually see him there right now. If you can, uh, there he is right there. So I don't know exactly what he's saying, but Mike Lindell is definitely coming on the show again. We just have not nailed down an exact date yet, but apparently he's got a lot of news and apparently he's putting a whole bunch of stuff on overstock list on my pillow. So if there is something on there that you have not bought because even with the sales and even with the LFA promo code, it was still too much. You might want to go check it out now because he's putting a lot of things on overstock. And I guarantee you the reason why is because he is getting ready to go to court. and <laughs> He needs to fund it somehow. What he's showing you right now is, is all of the documents that he's getting ready to, to finally go back to court. It looks like so we'll just uh, we'll we'll talk on that a little later. I'm not watching it live time and as far as hearing it, so I don't know what he's saying. But no, I have not seen that. But either way, Trump wins again, ladies and gentlemen. It's beautiful. It's awesome. We gotta love it. We gotta love it. Scotty needs a shout out. Barely missed a tornado in Texas yesterday. Shout out Scotty and shout out to God for keeping you safe. That's truly incredible. <clears throat> All right, Maricopa County. Let's go over to Maricopa County real quick. Jeremy, you're getting better. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Maricopa County has just received a renewed request by the assistant attorney general there because the attorney general can't seem to get out of his own way to actually do anything. He's too busy having beers and wine in the backyard with the very same people that he's investigating. I don't know if that's a conflict of interest. I don't know if that's enough to get him removed from his job. I don't know if an attorney general can be fired if they have to be impeached in that state of Arizona. I'm not sure. But the guy clearly isn't doing his work, and he's passing it down to his assistant state's attorney, or attorney general, who has now given a renewed request to the Maricopa County's Board of Supervisors for information regarding the 2020 election. So let's go to this story and dig in and dive in and see exactly what the heck is going on. After stonewalling the Arizona Senate for nearly a year on access to routers, Splunk logs, and other subpoenaed items that were used in the rigged 2020 presidential election. Mayorkas, do you hear that? Um, for everybody who's listening, 
Mayorkas and the DOJ, Trump won. Get over it. Anyway, Maricopa County continues to defy even the Arizona Attorney General. And this is why this guy needs to pull out his nunchucks or quit. This guy is so, so weak. Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich certified the fraudulent election, and he is certifying the cover-up by allowing the county to continue to withhold election machines and data. Arizona Senate President Karen Fan asked what they're hiding now in a recent tweet. Look, Karen, I'm going to say something about Karen Fan real quick, okay? Karen, you've lost a lot of our trust. You've lost a lot of the momentum that you had based on you losing our trust. So Karen Fan, if you're not going to stick to the same story and you're not going to continue to demand the same stuff throughout everything, then I, I suggest, Senator Karen Fan, you be quiet because you've not done anything either to help out, okay? Um, during the Arizona Senate's full forensic audit of Maricopa County's 2020 election, The county refused to comply with legal and enforceable subpoenas for routers and Splunk logs. Arizona State Senator Sonny Borelli needed to request intervention by A.G. Brnovich to finally settle the agreement between the county and the Senate. Former U.S. Congressman John Shedig, serving as the special master in the settlement agreement, is overseeing the final processes as well. Because of this noncompliance issue, which lasted for months. The Maricopa County Full Forensic Audit is still in its final stage of analyzing routers and Splunk logs used in the 2020 election. Okay? President Karen Fan previously indicated that this final process would be completed by the end of this month, which is March. Um... And by the way, somebody who's involved in all of this is Dr. Shiva. Now, Dr. Shiva's analysis of ballot signatures um, in, the, in the 2020 election uh, was, was helping the Election Integrity Unit request this fo- the following stuff from Maricopa County. Copies of all voter exemplars in the voter's registration file, all notations in the voter's record that relate to dispro- dis. I don't even think they know what they were trying to spell there. Uh, We'll just call them irregularities recorded in the EVRT slash EV26 system. Records and or documents, including call logs or notations made in the voter's record related uh, related to all attempts to contact the voter to correct or confirm any inconsistent signatures for any election cycle, including the disposition of those calls and identify the signature used as the primary point of comparison for the 2020 statewide general election. Maricopa County is also required to provide information pertaining to ballot affidavit signature batching and previously defied requests regarding the 2020 election procedures. So the question is, we all know what Maricopa County is trying to hide. That's not the question. We all know that Maricopa County committed felonies, much like the Wisconsin Election Commission, or at least five of the six, in the great state of Wisconsin. The real question that you and myself have is, where in the H-E double hockey sticks is Attorney General Mark Burnovich, outside of pretending he's Michelangelo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and having beer and wine with the same people he's supposed to be investigating 
I think there's a lot more questions today than there ever has been. Now we have to worry about is this another rhino that we need to remove? The voters and the citizens of Arizona will have to, uh, will have to decide that. That is not for you and I to decide. However, it is, it does fall on you and I what happens in Arizona, just like it falls on you and I what happens in New Hampshire and Texas and any other state. Okay? Jeremy, you need to address the audits in New Mexico. David and Aaron Clements, it's quite impressive. I actually have been working and talking about that, and I will do a story on that when I feel that it's really necessary to do the story on it. I'm just getting a few more details, and we'll probably talk about that probably Thursday this week, Thursday or Friday of this week, okay? Now, ladies and gentlemen, once again, the left, and when I say the left, who I'm really talking about is everybody who hates Trump. So I don't care if you are called Republican or if you are called Democrat. If you hate Trump, you are the left. And once again, the left has let their full agenda slip. This time, through the dementia-ridden lips of Joe Cornpop Biden, who's illegally occupying our White House. (laughs) But this is the first time I have personally heard anybody since Barack Hussein Obama actually say it out loud. When I go back and I try to remember any other Democrat or anybody on the left or the right use this language, the last person that I could think about in the United States of America to use it, anybody this high up anyway, was Barack Hussein Obama. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden has finally let it slip again. And what I'm referring to is the New World Order, the NWO, that conspiracy theory that we all apparently have that make us QAnon or whatever else they label us as. However, the word NWO or the acronym NWO and and, and the words New World Order have been uttered by many other countries in the very, very recent history, like uh, in in the very recent past, like Australia, UK, France, and many at Germany. Many other countries have used this phrase or this acronym, NWO. I remember plainly listening to the the officials in Australia say it last year. Many, many times, welcome to the New World Order. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it seems like dementia-ridden Joe Biden has finally had his slip as well. Check this out. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946, and uh, since then we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're gonna there's gonna be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So anyway. There's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to unite it, and we've got to lead the world in uniting it and uniting a free people. Um, Exactly what a dictator would say. First he said liberal world order. Then he said new world order. Either way, it doesn't matter if it's this world war or this world order or that world order. We, the people and the patriots of this country, are not going to allow any world order. And if we are going to allow a world order, it will be the GWO, the God's world order. How about that? How about we start combating their NWO talk with a GWO? No more new world order. How about we implement God's world order? Only then, ladies and gentlemen, will we experience an actual free people. But these guys can't get away from telling you the truth. 
Look, my producer tells me something all the time, and he really believes this. He believes that in the movies, they show us what they're doing right under our nose every single time. He believes that Hollywood is basically like a gloating front for everything that's really going on. He believes that they tell us everything that they're doing to us in the movies, and we pay to watch it. And you know what? It doesn't seem so far-fetched because these elitists are so high up on their pedestal, they probably sit there and love to watch the peasants run in circles. They probably love to watch the sheep go, bah, bah, because they can't think for themselves. That's why they absolutely hate President Donald J. Trump, and that is why they absolutely hate, absolutely hate you and myself, ladies and gentlemen. If you agree with that statement, then throw a share and a like here on Life from America, and let's let the world know that it is no longer about the NWO, that it is about the GWO. And since he made another stupid mistake and another stupid Freudian slip, ladies and gentlemen, you know we got to give it to him. Come on, man. <laughs> we did it. We did it, Joe. Joe Biden, you get the dumb, dumb, swamp donkey award of the day because you actually think that we're too stupid to understand and realize what you're talking about, what your agenda is, and what your plans are for the future. Uh, We're not, and we're waiting for you. We're already ahead of you waiting for you. So it's time that the left catches up to us for a change. Amen? Moving on. Yesterday, I reported for you that neo-Nazi groups that are now working with Zelensky as part of the Ukrainian government and as part of the Ukrainian military were setting up offensive posts in residential areas and using women and children as human meat shields because that's exactly what these people are to these globalist neo-Nazis and these corrupt people that are in charge in Ukraine. Now, let me ask you this. You watch this show every day. Most of you watch this show twice a day. So let me ask you, was I the only person that you saw or heard yesterday or today or the day before report on that? Did you hear that report anywhere else? Did you hear that report anywhere else, even on Real America's Voice News or Newsmax or OAN or Fox or CSNBC or ABC or CBS or MSDNC? Did you see that story anywhere else on the news and if you did please let me know i believe that live from america is the only still to this day right now is the only news show that is reported on the ukrainian people or government military using their own people as human shields if anybody else has reported on that please let me know but this is how i know that this show makes a difference regardless of if there's millions of people watching it or not because this morning At 7.30 a.m., the Ukrainian government and military admitted to placing artillery in residential areas following and prior to Russian missile strikes. Now, let me ask you why they would do that at 7.30 a.m. Why would they do that? It's not like I have Tucker Carlson reach. It's not like I even have CNN reach. So why would they do that? If this is not a story that's putting pressure on the Ukrainian military then why would they do that at 7.30 a.m.? Let's break it down and talk about it. The Ukrainian government has repeatedly condemned Russia for its bombardment of residential areas that are besieged, that that the besieged country claims have no strategic military equipment. 
Well, this morning, following a Russian missile strike on the Retroville shopping mall in Kyiv, the government has inadvertently backtracked on this position. The, sec- the Security Service of Ukraine, the SBU, announced that they had arrested a TikToker who had filmed himself identifying the locations of Ukrainian artillery near the Retroville Mall in Kyiv. Russian intelligence agents, intelligence agents were assumed to have noticed the video and a missile strike was conducted on the area as a result. The video shows a TikToker who recently posted materials about the location of the Ukrainian military on the Internet. Subsequently, the shopping center near which our defenders were, says the SBU, was subjected to a powerful missile strike by Russian occupiers. The Kremlin issued a statement confirming that the bombardment struck the intended target, which the Russians claimed was housing rockets used by Ukrainians in nearby multi-launch systems. But Ukraine initially chose to dispute these assertions. The Office of the Prosecutor General condemned the strike as a premeditated murder that violated the laws and customs of war, implicitly arguing that the target was illegitimate and solely used by civilians. A pretrial investigation is underway, but the claims made by the Prosecutor General don't hold up to scrutiny. But it is also the claims that the mainstream media here in the United States of America echoed after they said it. With the arrest of the TikToker who filmed the site before the strike occurred, the SBU has confirmed that there were indeed legitimate military targets in and around the shopping center. Wow, they got caught by a TikToker. Here in America, we're hiring TikTokers to spread misinformation on TikTok about the Ukrainian war. But in Ukraine, TikTokers are actually exposing what the Ukrainian government is actually doing. The Times also reported that the Ukrainians claimed to have witnessed mobile missile launchers in that area. And unfortunately, for both the TikToker and the SBU, the assumption that Russia identified the location from posts on social media is contradicted by the release of aerial surveillance footage by the Kremlin. Now, in the video... A UAV tails a number of Ukrainian military vehicles en route to the mall, indicating that the strike wasn't the product of a loose-lipped Ukrainian seeking internet fame on TikTok. Russian officials have long claimed that Ukraine's military is using the citizens as meat shields to enter, inhibit, or to either inhibit Russia's ability to attack or paint Russia as a genocidal country to the international community. Media organizations throughout the world have largely scoffed at this claim, but revelations uncovered by the strike at Retroville may indicate that there is some truth there after all. What these sickos are doing is the same exact thing you see on a movie when some coward is about to meet his maker at the very end and he's no longer can be a dictator, and at the very end he grabs a child or a woman and puts them in front of him so he doesn't die. That is what Zelensky's doing. That is what the Ukrainian military is doing. That is what Ukrainian officials are doing, and I feel sorry for everybody in Ukraine and in Russia because everybody's being lied to. People are dying and this hero cape uh, that is thrown on Zelensky needs to be ripped off and he needs to be hung with it for what he's done to the world. That is my personal opinion. Not calling for anyone to do that. You know, like our elected officials are calling for Putin to be assassinated. I would never do that. But by law, he does need to face justice and judgment. Putting their, st- putting their missiles 
where civilians are so that they can do exactly that, either paint Russia as this murderous country that just wants to kill innocent people regardless of anything just because they're power hungry or because they know it'll be a deterrent and they won't bomb those places. Either way, whose fault is it? I'll let you decide. I'll let you decide, folks. Now, among everything else that has been scarce lately in the world of trade and being able to put things on the shelves from other countries, because of our government sanctioning everyone, not because these governments are fighting, it's because of our own government sanctions that our shelves are bare and that we're talking about food shortages and, and supply shortages. And the, the, the just unintelligence of the Biden administration when it comes to how to run anything. That's why they put Pete they got Buttigieg, the one in charge of that stuff. And he's home breastfeeding. Uranium. Uranium. Do you guys remember all the uranium that Hillary Clinton sold to Russia? 30% or Ukraine? Where is it that she sold it to? I'm, I'm, I'm blanking here. Somebody remind me. Did she sell it to the Ukrainians or did she sell it to the Russians? I think it was the Russians while she was claiming Russia, Russia, Russia before she left the White House or before she left the Secretary of State's office, I mean. I believe it was Russia she sold 30% of our uranium to. Either way, uranium is in a huge, huge shortage now. And guess who is the number one producer of uranium in the world? Russia. Guess what uranium is used for? Nuclear missiles. Guess who Russia is forced to partner with because the West and NATO are sanctioning them? People like Iran and China. Real good job, Joe. Real good job. Let's break into this story real quick. The U.S. is now rethinking the uranium supply for nuclear plants after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And that's the other thing, too, nuclear power plants, not just nuclear warheads and and weapons, but nuclear power plants. And I think that's the most pressing issue here. I think that's the most uh, pressing issue. I really do. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has shaken the global market for uranium a critical fuel for nuclear power plants, prompting some in the U.S. to propose reviving domestic production. Russia enriches more uranium for use in nuclear power plants than any other country in the world. It's increasing economic isolation following its attack on Ukraine and talk of potential add-on sanctions. (laughs) Unbelievable on Russian uranium, have exposed the fragility of the global nuclear fuel supplies, which are controlled by a handful of countries. Thank you, Netsky, for that uh, donation on Rumble Rants. I appreciate that. Republican Senator John Barrasso of Wyoming, one of the main U.S. uranium-producing states, filed legislation on Thursday to ban Russian imports, calling the dependence on foreign uranium simply unacceptable. Uranium prices have jumped more than 30% since the start of the war as the price hike hits commodities broadly and utilities try to lock down supplies on fears that sanctions that we're putting on people. And you know what? When Putin said in the beginning of this, the sanctions are going to hurt nobody but the same people that are trying to put them on us. And guess what? Just like President Trump, he was proved to be right Again, a trade agreement limits the United States' dependence on Russian uranium to no more than around 20% of what domestic reactors actually need. But no other country could quickly fill Russia's role in a complex supply chain that could take years to rejigger. Folks, if you wanted to take down the most powerful country in the world, then the blueprint to do it would be written by Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden and George Soros, 
Soros, and the globalist left. That's what we're dealing with here. Again, sanctions are only hurting us, not Russia. And by the way, I've been speaking to a lot of foreign people who live here now or who are still over there. I'm going to be bringing on a Ukrainian resident. I'm going to be bringing on a resident who lives in Pennsylvania now that is from Syria, that has a lot to say about Russia and Putin and Ukraine that the United States is just not saying. And when I bring those people on, I would love I would love for these social media uh, um, sites that I'm still on that censor people to censor that because that's just going to be the truth right from the people's mouths who actually live on the ground there. Now, ladies and gentlemen, little red lying hood and pretend to be press secretary, psycho circle back Jen Psaki has now warning that the world will suffer food shortages due to the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Well, you know what? If the Russia and Ukraine conflict would stay right with Russia and Ukraine where it should stay, then the world would not be um, experiencing any food shortage shortages or uranium shortages or soy shortages or wheat shortages or energy crises. We've done that to ourselves because we want to be involved in this crap. Because we want to be involved in this crap. Fox News' Jackie Heinrich asked Jen Psaki, one more on the White House assessment of local food insecurity. That sorts, uh, that's sort of uh, coming out of all, all, all of this stuff with Ukraine. Is there any money that's going to be allocated to provide diesel fuel to Ukrainian farmers to try to mitigate some of this? Let's go to Jen Psaki's response, if we can, about this. Again, scaring the public because of actions that our own government actually did. One more on um, the White House assessment of global food insecurity yeah. that's sort of coming out of all this. Sure. Um, is, there any, is there any money that's going to be allocated to provide diesel fuel to Ukrainian farmers to try to mitigate some of this? Yeah, so, well, let me, so let me give you a couple of things on this because there's been a lot of interesting reporting on this and where the impacts are is a good question. Um, while we're not expecting a food shortage here at home, uh, we do anticipate that um, higher energy fertilizer, wheat, and corn prices could impact the price of growing and purchasing critical food, suppli food supplies for countries around the world. And early estimates from the World Bank suggest disproportionate impacts on low and middle income countries, including in Africa, the Middle East, and Southeast Asia, and actually, and Ukraine is a big um, exporter of fertilizer. So as it relates to even that need in the United States and other parts of the world, that's something that we're continuing to closely assess as well. But right now, to go back to the root of your question, we are working with our partners in the G7, multilateral development banks, the World Food Program, and the UN Food and Agriculture Organization to mitigate the impacts to poorer nations. So we are discussing uh, what that looks like and how to mitigate uh, the, the shortage on those uh, on those um, uh, growing and purchasing entities from impacting uh, parts of oh, the world. Oh, shut that up. I can't stand it. I got to stop it, guys. I got to stop it. I can't stand listening to her face. Can't stand listening to her face or voice, looking at her or anything. I'm sorry. Just the way it is. Look, one thing that the United States government and all corrupt officials do in government, period, regardless if it's the United States or here or around the world, I mean, they manufacture crises and then they save the day. They manufacture a crisis, and then they save the day. Coronavirus sound familiar? Manufacture the crisis, and then we save the day by giving you a COVID shot that's experimental that's causing a lot of deaths on its own. Look at VAERS. It's, it's through the roof lately. They manufacture crises so they can come along 
and save the day. It's absolutely asinine. It's stupid. And it's ridiculous to think that we the people are going to fall for this anymore. Your jig is up. Your game is up. And we're not going to allow you to continue to do this. Sooner or later, the we the people need to... And when I say we're not going to allow it, I'm talking about removing people in government and putting right people in there. But sooner or later, that's not even going to be an option anymore. Sooner or later, we keep going down this road. The only other option is going to be we need to remove you because that's what the Constitution says we do when you don't listen to us and when you're destroying the world. We need to remove you. Why do you think they were so afraid of January 6th? That was a little bit of what could happen to them if they, can get, if they get completely out of control, which I believe they already are. All right. Now this, folks, these next two segments, these next two stories outside of, the, uh, of, uh, of, our, of our giving our glory to God in the beginning of the show are the most important parts of the show. So if you're here and you're thinking about leaving, do not leave for the next two stories. Matter of fact, bring more people in because people are going to need to hear this. Again, just like the human meat shields, you're not going to hear this anywhere else on any other station because everybody is too afraid to talk about it. So share the video now. Here we go. When I think of the word dictator, I think of a person who's a liar, I think of a person who is a phony. I think of a person who is a coward. I think of a narcissist. I think of somebody who is very, very insecure. And because of that insecurity is very brutal on the very same people that they claim to represent and make love them. Also, they seem to always make themselves either untouchable or unchallengeable because they don't want the people seeing that there's another option. They want to be in control forever. Putin's done that. Kim Kim Jong-un has done that. Dictators around the world for the entirety of life have done this. So when you think of dictator, please tell me if you agree with those characteristics that I just laid out there, which is a liar, a phony, a coward, a narcissist, a very insecure person, and because of those insecurities is very brutal to the people they represent, and also they make themselves untouchable and unchallengeable. Have I missed anything? Because if that is what describes a dictator, then, ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know that the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, actor, producer, coward, and puppet, has just went full dictator, and I guarantee you that not a single news station will talk about this. President Zelensky has just officially banned any opposition parties that rise up against him to take power. That is not a joke. That is not a lie. That is not a conspiracy theory. Vladimir Zelensky literally has just deemed himself in power forever by banning and blocking any rise of an opposition party. This is bad. The opposition platform for life, Ukraine's biggest opposition party, is led by Viktor Viktor Mavedchuk. Now, if you remember Viktor Mavedchuk, I actually showed him on last week's show talking about all the corruption in Ukraine. They say he is a pro-Moscow oligarch with close ties to Russian President Vladimir Putin. He does. Party officials later said the suspension 
has no legal basis, and it doesn't. The Ukrainian authorities last year charged Mavedchuk, a longtime ally of Putin who is believed to be the godfather of Mavedchuk's daughter, with treason and placed the oligarch under house arrest and um, a move that angered the Kremlin because he was basically an ambassador to the Kremlin from Ukraine. Now, is there some nefarious stuff going on in the, on the Russian side of that? I'm sure there is. Ukraine said that Mavedchik escaped house arrest three days after the Russia, Russia started the invasion of Ukraine on February 24th, and his whereabouts are currently unknown. The list of the parties banned on Sunday also include the Nashi, which is the Hours Party, led by Yevhen Mureviv, as well as a number of smaller parties not represented in the parliament. Prior to the start of the war, unspecified British intelligence claimed that Russia was considering installing Mureviv, Mureviv to lead the Kremlin-controlled puppet government in Kyiv. Ukrainians or Ukraine's decision to suspend a number of parties was slammed by senior officials on Sunday with the chair of the Duma and some other words I can't say saying that it was another mistake by the Zelensky uh, administration that will divide the country even more while ex-president and top security official Dmitry Medvedev sarcastically wrote that the move would bring Ukrainian closer, Ukraine closer to the West. Now, the party that they, the, 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 the first party that they banned, that Zelensky banned from rising up against him, have 45 seats currently in the uh, Ukraine parliament. They currently hold 45 seats, and they're the biggest threat to taking over, and he's banned them. So let me ask you, if a country leader bans the opposition party by calling them a racist or by calling them whatever the Democrats would call us, don't you think that that is considered a dictatorship? Don't you think that that is considered a tyrannical move? And if the United States, if the Democrats did that here, if they banned the Republican Party, which they're currently trying to do, they are literally currently trying to ban President Trump from running, Madison Cawthorn from running, which they lost, by the way, MTG from running, Matt Gates from running, and they would love to ban the entire Republican Party that gets behind President Donald J. Trump because it doesn't walk with their narrative. They're trying to do that here. That, ladies and gentlemen, is called a dictator. So while the whole world says, oh, we stand with uh, Zelensky, Zelensky's a hero, and he goes around to every country and reminds them of their natural or their, uh, their, their history's disasters and begs for money, he goes back home and he becomes full dictator and claims himself full power and nobody can rise up against him. So you tell me, you still feel the same way about that guy? Because that's truth. There's some truth for you right there. Do you still feel that that guy's a hero? No, Madison won. Madison won. He didn't lose. He actually won. After hearing that, I'm wondering if you think he's still a hero or not. Now, folks, let's get probably to the most important part of the show. And that's I'm going to lay out eight scandals, eight impeachable scandals on Joe Biden literally coming only from the Hunter Biden laptop. These scandals are no longer just about Hunter Biden. They are now about President Joe Biden, and we need answers. And they're not just now about President Joe Biden. They've always been about Joe Biden. Here are eight 
impeachable scandals that come just from the laptop. Not about Afghanistan and, and pulling out of there and killing 13 soldiers. Not about the border. Not about anything else. Not about stealing the election. This is just pertaining to the laptop alone. Number one, pay to play in Ukraine. Pay to play in Ukraine. The most obvious scandal um, barred by the e- or bared by the emails and text messages contained on Hunter Biden's laptop concerns the influence profiteering Joe Biden apparently participated in during his eight years as Barack Hussein Obama's vice president with Ukraine featuring heavily in the pay to play scheme. That's number one. Number two, China gets in the game. Here's another impeachable uh, scandal just from the Hunter Biden laptop laptop. Ukraine is but a patch on the influence peddling undertaken by Hunter on behalf of the big guy, Joe Biden, as the younger Biden referred to his dad. China also played a large role in the family enterprise as demonstrated by, again, passing coverage in November 2021. Then the Times reported in brief that Hunter Biden's joint global equity firm, the Bohai Harvest Equity Investment Fund had helped coordinate the purchase by a Chinese mining company of the world's largest cobalt source in Congo. The deal gave China control over a huge chunk of the world's known cobalt supplies and ingredient necessary to make electric car batteries. That's why that's why when China takes over Taiwan, those electric car batteries are gone. And the role of Hunter Biden's company, Bohai, in the transaction, again, connects directly to Joe Biden as Hunter reportedly launched that new joint enterprise with Chinese business partners less than two weeks after he traveled to China on Air Force Two with his father, then the vice president. Number three, Moscow, Kazakhstan, and more. While Ukraine and China likely hold the most significant revelations, one, uh, once those threads are pulled, investigators should move to Moscow, which, according to a Senate report, holds another possible scandal. The report documents that Hunter also received a combined $3.5 million from the wife of the former Moscow mayor, a Kazakhstan investor, and several other individuals. After all, there's no reason to think that a person willing to let his son sell access to the vice presidency of the United States would close the money train to just a few countries. Number four, Ukraine's firing of prosecutor investigating Burisma. We've got that on tape. With the elite media now, does uh, with the elite media now uh, deigning coverage over Hunter Biden's laptop appropriate, the public knows that Burisma scandal was real and threatened to be a spectacularly devastating uh, blow to the elder Biden. That makes questions concern concerning then Vice President Joe Biden demands that Ukraine fire the state prosecutor who was reportedly investigating Burisma ripe to revisit. The prosecutor, Victor Shokin, was fired, according to the statements Joe Biden made during the 2018 event after Biden threatened to withhold the billion dollar loan guarantee if the Ukrainian government refused to axe Shokin. A video of the event captured Biden recounting the event. Remember when he said, well, I I be damned. He he just quit. He did something. Number five, Obama Biden administration ignoring conflicts of interest. Biden also needs to answer questions about his decision to ignore the clear conflict of interest involved with him negotiating with the same countries Hunter was shaking down. Of course, since the big guy was in the scam, bowing out of over conflicts of interest is the lesser of the evils. But it is still worth investigating to assess how Biden handled the concerns raised by the Obama administration's State Department. 
Because even Obama said, yo, you got to get your, you got to get your hands out of that because you're going to get us all caught up. And they re, and he refused. He refused. Somebody asked where I'm reading this from. I'm reading this from the Federalist. The Federalist put this out. Number six, the intelligence community's briefing of Biden. Another scandal reaching President Biden's concerns uh, about his interactions with the intelligence community after the FBI and presumably the CIA and other agencies learned in December of 2019 that Hunter Biden relieved, uh, believed Russians had stolen Hunter's laptop, rendering the Biden susceptible to blackmail. Here, it is important uh, to understand that there are two separate Hunter Biden laptops at issue. The most discussed laptop, which is the laptop from hell, was actually the second laptop. The laptop was the one Hunter Biden had abandoned at the Delaware repair shop. Then, after the repair shop owner discovered concerning material on the MacBook, the store owner handed it to the FBI in December of 2019. The owner of the repair shop, however had first made a copy of the hard drive, which resulted in the New York Post coverage on October 2020. But there is another laptop. One Hunter believed Russians had stolen from him when he was binging on drugs with prostitutes in the summer of 2018 in Vegas. While the public did not learn of the existence of this earlier laptop until August of 2021, the FBI knew about it as early as December of 2019. And when they took possession of the second laptop, Hunter had left at the repair shop. So again, hiding this information is another impeachable scandal. Number seven, possible collusion to interfere in the 2020 election. We already don't, we can already talk about that. That was possible collusion of the New York Times and other huge organizations like Twitter and Facebook uh, and Google to hide this information so Joe Biden can, could get a little bit more popular and take those people that were on the fence and get them to vote for him. And number eight, Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden is a lying dog-faced pony soldier. The final Joe Biden scandal the press should push uh, President Biden to answer concerns his lies to the American public. While there are too many to count, two merit further questioning. First, the media should demand that Biden answer for lying to the country when he seethed, quote, I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. That was a lie. The, ev- the evidence overwhelmingly shows that Biden not only knew about the family business, but was part of them, which he was. The second bold face fabrication from Biden came during his pre-election debate with President Trump when Trump raised the laptop from hell. And we played that last week when Trump asked Biden if he was saying the laptop is now another Russia, Russia hoax. The then Democrat candidate replied, that's exactly what it is. I told you so. So there you go, folks. There are eight reasons that the Hunter Biden laptop alone is enough to impeach this loser this illegitimate scumbag that is occupying our White House. Now, folks, we just got a couple more stories here, so I hope you stay with me. Brainwashing and indoctrination. Brainwashing and indoctrination has led to our youth being very confused and left them in a very confused state of mind. One out of four children today refer to themselves as gay while one out of seven children say they have no gender identity whatsoever. Why? How did that happen? How did that happen? How did we go from being boys and girls, which biologically we are and scientifically we are, in reality we all are, how did we go from that to having one out of seven say they don't know what they are and one out of four say they're gay all of a sudden? Isn't that odd? Look, if the left had it their way, 
There would be no men. Everybody would be gay if they were men, and there would be no procreation, and the human existence as we know it would come, would cease to exist. But they don't care about that. As long as they got their rainbow flags and talk like this, then everything's going to be okay because they're slithery snakes. Absolutely drives me insane. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to show you a video right now of exactly what I'm talking about. This is a pro-pride parade, a pride parade in an elementary school. Now, these children look to range, be about from, I'd say, 8 to 10 years, 8 to 11 years old, maybe. And, And folks, this is them in school, their teachers having them do a gay pride parade. Watch this. sickening isn't it pretty sickening now ladies and gentlemen look i'm not here to bash gay people or say that people that are gay have no right to respect or that we should just sit and call them names i'm not here to say that not at all because i have friends who live that lifestyle and that's okay i would never say that they were that they are uh, not my friend for it i'll always be there for anybody who lives that lifestyle because, you know what, God doesn't look at one sin worse than another. If I lie, it's the same as having a same-sex marriage, okay? What I am mad about here and what I will stand up for is these kids would not be doing this if they were not coerced to do this. These kids would not think they are gay or think that they don't have a gender identity if they're not pushed to do this. And what happens is this is how the school does this. This is how they indoctrinate. They bring up minorities or they bring up gay people or they bring up lgbtq and they bring up all of the atrocities that happen to these people based on what people do to them that are phobic or that hate them and they say this is how all these people have to live and then these young kids they feel sorry for those people so they want to become the voice for those people and then they start identifying themselves as gender non non-gender identity or they're gay or they don't or bi or they don't know what to do and in all reality if these kids were never pushed this stuff, if they were never pushed to talk about or think about sex like this at this age, then they wouldn't care. They wouldn't have a care in the world. They'd be normal kids. And yes, if you don't know what your gender identity is, then you are not a normal person. That is not the way God intended you to be, and that is not correct. Just like lying is not, not correct. Just like stealing is not correct. But indoctrination of a young mind might be the worst thing next to molesting a child that you could possibly do. We are in a spiritual war, and we will win. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to play you one more video, and this is President Donald J. Trump, the last time that he was face-to-face with President Vladimir Zelensky. Now, what I want you to notice about this video is not only the body language that you're about to see, but President Trump is an absolute boss in this video, and Vladimir Zelensky is nothing but a weak little beta male, and you can see it in the body language. You can see it in his facial expressions. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't like being called out by President Donald J. Trump. This was in 2018 when Vladimir Zelensky was sitting with President Trump and they were speaking about the corruption in Ukraine. And you know Don, Don Juan, he's not going to mince words at all. He's going to call it just how he sees it. Now, I want you to watch Zelensky's face 
and his body language when President Trump is calling out his uh, his uh, country and the and the corruption that goes on there. Watch this. Would you like President Zelensky to do more on Joe Biden and investigate? No, I want uh, him to do whatever he can. This was not his fault. He wasn't there. He's just been here recently. But whatever he can do in terms of corruption, because the corruption's massive. Now, when Biden's son walks away with millions of dollars from Ukraine and he knows nothing, and they're paying him millions of dollars, that's corruption. When Biden's son walks out of China with $1.5 billion in a fund, and the biggest funds in the world can't get money out of China, and he's there for one quick meeting, and he flies in on Air Force Two. Uh, I think that's a horrible thing. I think it's a horrible thing. But I'm going far beyond that. Uh, I know the president. That's what I like about President Trump. He is not afraid to call it like it is. And look how weak he looks. Look how tiny, scared, feckled, and weak he looks. Vladimir Zelensky's not a hero. He's a loser. Just like Joe Biden. Just like Nancy Pelosi. And just like the entire left who's perpetrating this lie on the world. Donald Trump was never believing any of that. Donald Trump was not allowing that narrative to stick. And Donald Trump called him out right to his face. And that is what I love about our 45th and 46th and 47th president of the United States. And that's also going to get him... Marty Award of the Day here on March 22nd goes to President Donald J. Trump for not letting anybody pull the wool over his eyes and calling things way ahead of everybody else. And that's why when President Trump says, I'm coming back, don't worry, the deep state's already been brought to heel, you don't have anything to worry about, we're going to crush the globalists, we're going to crush the deep state, that's why I believe him. For that reason and that reason only. Anyway, folks, that's going to do it for Live from America. I want, you to ma- I want to make sure, excuse me, that you guys see the new deal that we have on, um, on JeremyHerald.com. So if I could just go there real quick, let me just show you full screen version. Here we go. We got deals with the Hand Over Your Heart t-shirts right here. You can either get two Hand Over Your Heart t-shirts or a Hand Over Your Heart t-shirt and a 3%er Tyranny t-shirt. You can choose any of the ones you want. We have uh, the, the sale here for women's shirts, and we have here sale here for men's and unisex shirts. Go there today, and you can get a bundle, just like the Freedom shirts, two for $40. Awesome sale, and of course, it helps us out here at Live from America. God bless you guys. I appreciate everything you do. Remember, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there is only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out and keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I'll see you guys tonight at 5 p.m. for more Live from America. Until then, keep some smiles on your face and spread the gospel. Bye-bye, guys. Rebirth of America. Been a long time coming and we all learned something that we won't ever give it up. Long as I bleed, I'm never stop screaming that we first in America. First place. Black, white, brown, all cities, all towns.